4: Beginning hour number two of the Lombardi line, presented by Bet MGM Dave Ross, alongside Michael Lombardi. Going to have Scott Smith join us here uh, in a few minutes here to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Lou Finnecaro will also join us this hour to break down the NFL. Hmm. Michael, we were discussing Tua Tunga-Vailoa and the uh, Fighting Fish now. They've won seven in a row here to get to eight and seven. And this week they're on the road against Tennessee. And we're talking about maybe some teams that home bettors might want to avoid this week in week number 17. Is there danger, Will Robinson here, uh, Will Rogers rather, I guess it is, for the Titans at minus three and a half against Tua and the Red Hot Fish?
5: Well, I mean, they are red hot. There's no denying. They've played so well defensively. I mean, over the last, in this winning streak, uh, they have been able to force, you know, over 15 turnovers in with their defense. And we saw last week, I mean, they got seven points on the first drive of the game against the Saints, and that would have been plenty enough for them. And, you know, but we've also seen them at times turn this ball over. They've done a really good job of limiting two as his turnovers. The, this win streak started it with a win over Houston. Kind of an ugly game. Brissette played in that game as well. They had five turnovers. Houston had four. Mm. And they were able to win 17-9. to But since that game, since that game, they have only turned the ball over six times. And three of them came against the Jets. And we know we know Tua is prone to make some mistakes, but he's very accurate. He can throw the ball, and Waddle catches it. Kasecki is very good. They have playmakers on their offense, especially in the passing game. And more than anything, Brian Flores knows what his team is, right? He knows that they're not explosive offensively. He knows that they don't throw the ball down the field, but they're able to, if they can get positive yards out of this RPO scheme they're running, which fits Tua perfectly, that they can become an effective offense. Now, can they win and get further along? I mean, when you look at Steve's chart, they don't fit. They only fit ten of the categories of Steve's charts in terms of of being a being a Super Bowl contender. And they'll run against a good team. Tennessee, to me, it's all about their injuries, right? Mm-hmm. If they're healthy and Tannehill pl- can play and AJ Brown, I don't know about Julio. And where are they on defense? I think that's the biggest concern. Because Tennessee will go into this game not wanting to lose the game. They will be very, very careful with the football. You know, and if they are careful with the football, this will be a close game down to the stretch. Their defense is very fast, mm-hmm. Tennessee. They're, and they're very good at limiting yards after the catch. This is a game that features a team that's very good running after the catch, all short passes, versus a team that's very good against, against a very good tackling. And this is a really hard matchup for Miami because I think Miami's going to have a hard time consistently moving the ball down the field if they don't make a chunk yard play against this Tennessee team. And Tennessee can rush the passer. This Miami offensive line, as we saw last Monday night, does have problems.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, I I look at one team at home that you might want to avoid this weekend, and it could be the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, Michael, at home, they've had some losses this year. They're almost inexplicable. The Tennessee loss, go back to that one, I believe that was week two, and then just go ahead and, and, you know, kind of buttonhole that one up with with the Bears loss last week where they blow a double-digit lead. And now they're going to lay seven at home in the Pacific Northwest against the Lions, We'll become a cover machine. Jared Goff will be back under yeah. center. I don't know if that's good or bad news for Detroit. But, Michael, would you avoid Seattle in this spot? I think you have to avoid Seattle.
5: I was on them last week. Uh, you know, I did Chris Russo's show, and I kind of took them. I, I mean, the number was seven and a half. It was a ridiculous number. I don't know where they got that number on the show, but I thought it was under 6 when I took it, and then they said it was seven and a half. I would have never done that, but nonetheless, you know, uh, to me, the, the, they had control of the Bears game. They're up by by 10 points. Mm -hmm. They should easily put the Bears away and they could get off the field. I mean, they couldn't get off the field and they can't stay on the field. They're the worst offense on third down in football. They're the worst offense on third down in football. And they and they let and they let them get right back in the game. I mean, Nick Foles was able to do what Nick Foles do. He threw the ball outside to Jimmy Graham for a touchdown to beat him, you know, and, and they lost the one-on-one matchups. This Seattle team is very frustrating, very because the week before, they played as well as they can play against mm-hmm. in, in Los Angeles and held Los Angeles to 20 points. They turn around and play home, and the Bears score 25 on them. How does that make sense? Mm. You know, how does that make any sense at all? And so, you know, they held San Francisco to 23 you know, they, they they lose to Washington because they gave up 17. They lose to Arizona, they gave up 23. They lose to Green Bay, they gave up 17. Like, at what point, you know, how did they give up the most points in the last seven weeks to the Bears? You'd have to go back to week. You have to go back to week five of the season when they gave up 26 points to the Rams in Seattle. I mean, so Ugh. they're a very unpredictable team that you can move the ball on them. I mean, but they're good on third down, they're great in the red zone, but they're not a good team in terms of points allowed. they've only they're seventh in the, they're seventh in the league in points allowed. yet they're 31st in yards given up.
4: Well you know it, it, and it, it, that doesn't it, make just
5: sense. it makes no sense. Their defense is kind of discombobulated backwards.
4: Yeah, it feels like, again, we'll see. I know Pete Carroll says that there's no reason for them to change ways. We'll find out if there's any changes coming in Seattle. But you're right, Michael. Like, it just doesn't match. Like, when you lay all that out there, this season has not not matched up for Seattle at all. Inexplicable losses, and that one maybe last week to the Bears, the most of all. Speaking of the Bears, they go home now to Soldier Field, and they're going to lay six against the G-Men here. And the Giants... If you watch that game against the Eagles, that was like watching paint dry. It was painful. Oh, it really was. It was painful. So now it was painful. Th- they're gonna. It's up to six and a half here, Michael. I don't know. You do you roll out Jake Fromm again, or do you, do you go back to Mike Glennon? He I don't was know was so what's, bad. Yeah. How, how do you how do you roll
5: out Jake Fromm? I mean, how do you do that? That's <laughs> that's not fair to Jake Fromm. Right. You know that's really not fair to Jake Fromm. I mean, he can't. He can't. I mean, the the game was moving, and it's not that the Eagles are great on defense. This the front's not good. The, the Giants are, are, are a bad team, and and they and even though they have some marquee name players, Saquon Barkley and Tony, their first round draft pick, and and all that. They're just not a very well-conceived defense, uh, offensive team. Defensively, they just were. I mean, they played as good as they could in the first half against the Eagles. The Eagles really, kind of. I thought the Eagles were worse in that game. You know, than the Giants were good. But the Giants make some plays. I just don't know how the Bears are six points, six and a half points better than anybody. Right. I mean, if I was, if I were the Giants, I would be embarrassed. You know, we're going to keep our coach, and yet we're going to go play a team that we're not even six points close to. Are you kidding? Six and a half? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know nobody in the league looks at the lines or do they say they look at the lines, but that's kind of humiliating, right? You mean the Bears are six and a half? I mean, if the Bears came to us, they would be a three-point favorite or a a three-and-a-half-point
4: favorite? (laughs) It's an indictment. That that's an indictment of the way that the people like us out here in Cincinnati view your football team to the betting public. That there's just no faith right now in the Giants at all. And and I I guess Joe Judge is coming back next year, and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But Michael, well, he's definitely point. coming back.
5: I mean, they're they're not going to fire a coach. They're not going to fire a coach after two years. They fired McAdoo after two years. Mm-hmm. They fired Pat Shermer after two years. I mean, this is a team you know that's a 28 percent winning percentage since two since. since since 2016, in December of 16 until December of 2020, uh, 21, there is 27% winning percentage. Yeah. I mean, they, they're just really historically bad. But when you're bad, you're delusional, right? Right. I mean, it's like I tweeted out today. I mean, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're just going to go out and hire a new coach, right? He's going to change everything. He'll change it. We'll keep Trent Balky. <laughs> we'll keep the person. Everything will be the same, right? Like, this, this guy doesn't have a magic. You, you've won. 26 percent of your games the last 11 years. Wow.
4: Well, it, it goes back to to our buddy Rick Doc Walker in D.C. who would text me every year, Michael, when Jason Garrett was still the head coach of the Cowboys, and go, "I just hope you keep him." Like that. That's what the opposition wants. So I, I that might be good news for the rest of the NFC East. Let's talk about the Packers and whether or not you should avoid them this Sunday. They're going to lay six and a half against the Vikings here. Remember, they already got got in Minnesota the first time around. And you look at the Packers here, and, yeah, they're winning, and they're 12-3, and and they've got the number one seed right now in the NFC. They're kind of holding on is what it feels like to me, Michael. What do you make of this matchup this weekend?
5: Well, I mean, you know, look, the Packers can dominate games. Uh, you know, with their offense. But their defense, to me, hasn't resonated. I mean, their defense hasn't stood up and said, okay, wow, we can really slow people down. And I grant, granted, I know that they're missing some star players on their defense. I understand that. But even in the, you know, when they played Minnesota before, they were missing guys in that game as well. They still couldn't get control of the game. I mean, they had the interception that was dropped that probably could have put the game away, you know, but they didn't. And, And so they come back. I mean, let's just go over it. I mean, they played a game last Saturday, on Christmas Day they gave up four turnovers they they had they had a plus 4 advantage in the turnover takeaway and barely won the game mm-hmm. and barely won the game i mean they've had a they've they've had a plus 3 in the Chicago game and even though Chicago didn't cover it 45 to 30 i mean they've given up a lot of points a lot of points you know and 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 the ram game i mean yeah. they got they, you know they got three turnovers in the ram game that's how they you know but they gave up a ton of yards I just – the last – really, the last few weeks, I just haven't got the sense that the Packers are very good on defense and they're 29th in the National Football League on third down. Mm. They're If you get in the red area against them, it's automatic touchdown. They're 31st in the red zone on scoring defense. You know, this is not a way to go in. But once again, once again, our man covers up all the sins. Mm-hmm. Rodgers cre- covers it all up. He doesn't turn the ball over. It's three weeks now he hasn't turned the ball over.
4: Now it's absolutely – right. right. He just doesn't turn it over. He doesn't give it to the other team. And it's going to make it, again, to your point, when you get plus four and the way that Nick Chubb and the Browns offense, they were running the football. They they were just gashing them in the run game. Aaron Rodgers just makes enough plays to figure it out for that team to get to 12-3. and three. I think it's an excellent point. I can't imagine, Michael, they're really not going to let him go next year, are they?
5: I mean, how can you? He's going to be the first $50 million a year player in the league. He's the best player in the league. He's the MVP. I've been saying it now for a month. It's finally the betting market's come around with it. If you listened earlier to the program, mm-hmm. you know, you could have gotten him at a ridiculously cheap price. I mean, to me, I think I think if Frank Wright wins this weekend, I think Frank Wright's Coach of the Year, too. If he wins with Ellinger against the Raiders, I think he's going to get Coach of the Year. Wow.
4: Uh, when we come back, maybe Bruce Arians trying to figure out a way to get his team back to another Super Bowl, even though they are depleted. Scott Smith is going to join us down from Fox 13 in Tampa. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back here on the Lombardi line, I am Dave Ross. He is Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, sometimes, you know, some of these guests are hard to track down, right? And I know my guy (laughs) Scott Smith down there at Fox 13 is the sports director in Tampa. Did we catch Scott Smith literally on the golf course, Scotty? Is that what you're doing right now?
8: Indeed, my friend. This is my annual trip out to the golf course. Yeah, just having to line up,
1: my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not the
8: biggest Love golfer.
4: That. You can hit it a long way. I just don't know where it's going to go. Scott, I don't yes. know where the Bucks are going to go. We've got so many things to talk about with this football team right now. Obviously, COVID is wreaking havoc on the NFL and also injuries for that football team. Right now, as they get ready for the Jets this weekend, I, I know it's not exactly where they want to be, but... Is it possible that this team will suddenly get some guys back, or is this going to be a wait-and-see approach?
8: Yeah, I think, the, I think the new COVID quarantine protocol is kind of set up to to have a, a possible late-week return for some of these guys. Uh, but, you know, in conjunction with Mike Evans testing positive for COVID, he's still dealing with a hamstring issue that we're not quite sure on. So I would be highly doubtful that Evans is in play this week. We still have the likes of Shaq Barrett and L- Leonard Fournette that are going to be out for the rest of the regular season. You know, the defensive backfield, Sean Murphy Bunting testing positive yesterday, as well as Jamel Dean. I mean, this defensive backfield for the Bucs has just been – Ripped through this year, injury and now COVID. But I think that those guys have a chance to return. Uh, if you count yesterday as the first day in quarantine, five days would free them up in time for Sunday. You know, the, the, I guess the point is how important is it to have those guys? How important really is a W against the Jets on Sunday? And uh, to that extent, you know, maybe they don't rush it back with some of these guys. Um, You know, I I think that this year, as you look at the potential uh, prospect of a bye week, one of the playoffs, I think it's more valuable now than ever before, especially with the COVID issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I could see it. I could see them being hungry to win out these last two and potentially overtake the Packers. But uh, given that they're battling the COVID issue as well as injury, I wouldn't be surprised if they lean on depth this week and just kind of take their chances.
5: Hey, Scott, you watching the Bucks team this year, and obviously COVID and all that, is this a better Buck team than last year, or were the Bucks a better team in December going in than, than even though they were a wild card, and I understand all that? Are they the better team this year or last year?
8: I think they are a better team, and I think part of that is because they've been tested through some of the fire of, of having to battle through injury, so you're seeing more of their depth play a factor this year. Uh, I, I think obviously offensively there is more chemistry when everybody's there. The issue that you've had all season is the fact that that has been wildly inconsistent in terms of having all 22 starters on the field from one week to the next. So I think that we get to this idea of a eventually will they all be healthy? And once they are, then they'll really be in sync. We've really yet to see that this season. Uh, could that happen as they peak kind of at the end of December here? Uh, it's it's possible. Um, I think I think they are a better team, but are they more available than they were last year? Probably not. So is it a wash in the end? Maybe, Michael.
4: You know, Scotty, we were just talking, Michael and I, in the last segment about Aaron Rodgers, how he covers up all those deficiencies that Green Bay has. Is that still true for Tom Brady? Because I know he's 44, and I know he's re- retired out of the league like five years ago, and yet here he is still winning Super Bowls, second year in Tampa. Is he, is he still as good or as great as he's ever been, because it, it doesn't seem to be humanly possible to keep doing this at the level that he's doing it.
8: Yeah, to a certain, to a certain degree, he has covered up some of the deficiencies. But you know, this is not an offense that has a ton of deficiencies. So we saw it last week when they had to lean on some of the the, the depth guys in the receiving game. But given that Antonio Brown was back, so that that helps. Their offensive line has been good, but I think that Tom Brady has made them look even better. Um, you know, but when you, when you start incorporating the, kind of the running backs that they leaned on last week, and Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, and then you had a receiver that you know has a career day in Cyril Grayson, yeah, I think a lot of that is credit to the fact that Tom Brady knows how to find the matchups. Um, but I mean, it's hard it's hard to go to go around the fact that. Yeah, Tom Brady, I think is still playing at a, you know, at a, at peak performance, something that uh, he he does. He he seems to defy his age week in and week out. Mm -hmm.
5: I'm convinced. You know that movie Cocoon, where they found that pool where they could all get younger. It was in Florida, right? I'm convinced yeah. he found it. I think that's why he signed with the Bucks, because that pool. Because I mean, like I, I've even said it to him directly. Like your quickness is way better now than it ever was. Like I'm watching you move laterally and slide in the pocket. It's just remarkable how well he does. And you know, and I think that, it, and and I think he's given them such a appetite for continued success that they don't ever hit those those spurs will bruce arians be back on the sideline i mean and could somebody get bruce a better he looks like he's go, he's <laughs> going to blow up a bank building the way he's got everything <laughs> attached to him
8: yeah man i mean i think that he's he's obviously but he could potentially be back on the sideline uh, it, it really just comes down to how you know how, how the symptoms are feeling I mean, and yesterday he was saying that it's basically a cough Uh, mild symptoms, you know, he, he could be back on the sideline come Sunday. Um, So I'm kind of leaning toward, yes. I mean, there's obviously not a performance issue. It's just a matter of being there and and being present with the guys. So uh, I would say that if I had to hedge my bets right now, I'd say that that Arians is back on the sideline come Sunday, um, given the fact that yesterday was pretty mild symptoms and presumably it it doesn't take a turn for the worst. So um, yeah. Well, he, he does he loves the apparatuses and last year we saw it with the face shield and the mask and all that stuff and you know, yesterday he comes or post post game the other day he comes to the to the podium with his sunglasses on, still inside. So I don't think Bruce Arians cares. <laughs> I, really,
1: I, don't yeah, cares I don't think he cares what he looks either.
8: like, what other think, yeah, what other people perceive. So I, I which, just, which I, just what, I, I just
5: know this I just know this Scott. He would never be
4: allowed in a bank building just like that. There's just no, no chance.
8: No. Hands would go up immediately.
4: Scott, yeah. how, did, how did they rebound from that? I mean, look, it was a drubbing 9 nothing, right? A Primetime game Sunday night against the Saints, the depleted Saints. They're losing bodies left and right here. And then kind of rebound it, take care of Carolina. I know that's a bad football team here. But the mentality of this team, is it is it Bruce through Brady that we'll get all that stuff corrected? Because it feels like there is really good leadership to be able to overcome a debacle like that and then get it right back and bouncing on the right track the next week.
8: Yeah, I think it's a particular mismatch. I mean, I think that it is particularly the Saints, as we've seen over the last couple of years, that they Dennis Allen has, has dialed up really the, the perfect game plan for Brady to make him feel uncomfortable. They have a unique personnel in that they're able to, you know, without without sending an extra blitzer, they can get they can get a, a pass rush on Brady in the pocket with with their front four. Um, and so I think that the Saints are a particular mismatch. They're a team that you don't want to see sneak into the, the wild card if you're the Bucs. Um, even though last year, obviously, they, they kind of, I guess they exercised some demons in the playoffs last year against the Saints, although it doesn't seem to be holding up. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that when you have Brady's ability and, and Bruce Arian's kind of uh, no-nonsense approach, like, the issues do get patched up from one week to the next. Uh, we see that with this team. So you, you hate to be the team that follows that, that Saints loss against the Bucs. But, I mean, I, I really just think that that this is a particularly bad matchup with the Bucks offensively facing off against that Saints defense.
4: Well, Michael, I tell you what, I think we're going to let Scott go because I saw somebody hit yeah. a, a wayward tee shot, Scott, I don't want you to get hit <laughs> there uh, in in harm's way. And very quickly, are you excited about your Detroit Tigers, some big signs because I know you're a big Tiger guy.
8: You know, I've I've learned over the years to never get too excited <laughs> being a Detroit sports uh-huh. fan. There's, there's never any amount of news that you could provide me that get, gets me too excited, so cautiously optimistic my friend at all times
4: all right well scotty it's great to see you again i miss you from our dc days but it looks like you're having sure. fun down there in tampa enjoy We're covering getting you're getting by enjoy covering the goat tom brady and uh maybe we'll talk to you before you guys go for back for another
8: super bowl thanks scott sounds good take care guys thanks scott
4: all right so there he is uh, you know michael it is funny we worked together for a number of years in D.C., and then you go down there, and he goes down to Tampa, and, you know, he, Tom Brady follows him down to Tampa, as he says, and all of a sudden, he, yeah. that that leadership is there, and he does, you do get that sense when, when Scott talks to, to Arians and to, to Brady that, you know, what happened against the Saints, fine, we'll just correct it, and that's what we do, and it's, you know, like it's the old Belichick on to Cincinnati, that seems to be the approach for this team, Michael, and not a lot of teams can do that.
5: No, I mean, a lot of teams let those losses linger, but Brady's all about the next game. He doesn't let the wins linger nor the losses linger, and he's going to go on to the next one because he knows each game is independent of the last game. And, and once you understand that in the NFL, even as bettors, we need to understand that. You know, what happened in Dallas to Washington may not happen to them against Philly at home. Right. And too much of the betting market is predicated on what happened last week and not what could happen this week.
4: That's an excellent point. And to that point, we're going to have Lou Finicaro join us in the next segment. And, Michael, I think he's picking up what you're putting down because one of his plays we'll discuss might involve, yeah, believe it or not, the team with no name from Washington, D.C. We'll get into that with Lou uh, a little bit later on. And, again, also no UFC this week. So Lou and I normally do first strike together. We will be back next week as they enjoy their holiday break uh, on First Strike here on VEASAN. But when we come back, Lou will join us. We'll talk all things NFL. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today. You're also going to get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new College Bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game for only $39 at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And it's always a pleasure to have each and every Wednesday. Lou Finnecaro join us, of course, does a great job at VEASAN with our points spread weekly. And, of course, always joins me on First Strike we got a little break in the action in the UFC, so we're going to talk NFL with Lou once again. And, Lou, we were talking, Michael and I were with Scott Smith, about the Washington football team and about what we saw in Dallas last week. And, boy, it looked like a disaster. And now they come home to the Fly Eagles fly, and they're going to get four. At home, and I know people like Rick Doc Walker and Brian Mitchell back there, the old uh, former Washington football team greats that won Super Bowls, and they were irate with the performance of this football team this past week. Do you think it changes this Sunday back home?
7: Well, I'd like to think it's going to change. First of all, Dave and Michael, thank you so much again for having me on. Uh, Washington's looked pretty pathetic a couple games in a row. They they looked poor against their first Uh, Trial with the Eagles. Now they come home. I I just don't think they've quit on Rivera. Uh, Instead, I think they're just a pretty poor football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, What I'm looking at in this game is the difference that we're getting between a week ago when the Eagles came out as two and a half point favorites in washington now we're going to get washington the beneficiary of an extra point earlier in the week it was all the way up to four yeah in this game we're going to have perfect temperatures at 61. however 52 percent chance of rain 19 mile an hour winds a division game outside normally i i like the under in this but i'm backing away from the under in this game instead i'm looking for rivera and his team to step up and play a tight division game to three points
5: you, you know i i think that's uh certainly all logically makes sense but boy when you hit the nail on the head when you say this is just not a good team defensively i mean They're 31st. Only the Chargers are worse on third down than this team is. And, you know, when you break them down in terms of points allowed, they're 30th in the National Football League in terms of points allowed. They're 32nd in touchdown passes allowed. I mean, this is just a bad defense. And I know the Eagles want to run the ball, which favors a game like what we're going to see with the wind and the cold. And I think the Eagles have some motivation here because that first half was a lot closer with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. I don't know about Heineke making any plays either. That's what worries me. This offensive line's beat up. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you play in Washington, and I was on them last week. I, I used your logic last week, Lou. I thought, okay, second time they're going to play Dallas. They'll play them. They played them to a six-point game. They'll be, they'll be better this time. They'll be able to, to go down there, and they get Heineke back. They'll play better for Rivera. You know, I haven't seen it. It would be hard for me to take Washington here. Uh, even though you're right, the line is moving to you, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it opened at four and it's down, and in some
4: markets, it's a three. Wow. If that line is on the move, we'll keep a watchful eye. on that weather situation, Lou, that you mentioned there, that's very intriguing as well for those players that want to look at that total, which is now right about 46. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos and the Chargers here, gentlemen. And, again, look, Vic Fangio, uh, last week it was a winnable game here out in the desert. They did not get that done. And now they got to go up against the Chargers. And, boy, the Chargers are licking their wounds after an embarrassing performance at Houston. Lou, what do you make of this matchup?
7: I make the matchup that uh, the Chargers when that young quarterback is slinging looks oh so good but they had some lack of continuity because of covid and that defense can't stop a sneeze especially on the ground uh this is again a division rival they're familiar with one another uh but i I look for denver to try and control the clock and the ball and the game with their stout running game against a san diego team ranked 32nd against stopping the run uh this game for me at six was a take on Denver. Now that's fallen off to five and a half. I'll sit around and wait because I do believe there's gonna be some uh some LA Charger love, but I do believe that the defense and the way that Denver is playing is more to my ilk than what I'm seeing from San Diego from the Los Angeles Chargers.
5: You know, I couldn't agree more, Lou. I mean, this Charger team is disappointing defensively. And and, and we, we're we not sure Bridgewater, he's listed as doubtful. He may, in fact, play. And I think if he does play, that line will inch closer to the four number than it will to the six, six and a half that it opened up at. I, I mean, look, the one thing the Broncos can do, they didn't do it last week, is if they just stay on the ground and run the ball. The, the Raiders did a tremendous job of stopping their run game. But if they run the ball and play defense like they're capable of playing against the Chargers, they'll force turnovers, they'll make mistakes. I mean, they beat them 28-13 the last time they played them, and they really didn't do anything, yet they forced turnovers. They forced two turnovers out of the Chargers, and they didn't. And the Chargers really stopped their run game. They only ran the ball for 72 yards. I like Denver in this situation. I don't think Denver's given up on their season. I think the Chargers are not very good defensively. Mm. I think all the talk about Staley being coach of the year, all the talk about Staley being great because he goes for it on fourth down, everybody's kept their eye off the ball. This defense has gotten way worse than it did under Gus Bradley and Anthony Lynn's administration. I mean, it really has. They've given up 140 points in the fourth quarter. Last year they only gave up 120, and we talked about how Anthony Lynn couldn't hold on to games. But we never talk about Staley not holding on the leads. We never talk about Staley's team falling apart in the fourth quarter. And yet this is all that's happened to him.
4: I couldn't agree more, gentlemen. Again, I, I, I've been making that point, too, Michael, about Anthony Lynn. Like, this this is the upgrade? Okay. Haven't seen it yet. I'm with you guys. I think Bradley Chubb could have a massive game here for the Broncos in that contest. Lou, you've really been cashing a lot of tickets here for unders as we've gotten into December football here. And you've got a couple of them here that I want to touch on. And one of them jumps out, and that is the Bears against the Giants here. Under 37-and-a-half. And people see that total in a National Football League game, they go, my goodness, they can't get to 38? But, Lou, you don't don't think they're going to do it?
7: I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, I I mean, first of all, who's going to play quarterback for the Giants? And the only thing I'm worried about for the Bears is if somebody over there wakes up and puts foals in a quarterback, (laughs) because then my 37-and-a-half becomes a little bit in peril. In this game, we've got a team 27th rush defense – The Giants, Chicago, what is their rush defense? Not any better, 32nd rush defense. So uh, uh, you're you're really gonna find a game, I think, where we're gonna have Montgomery trying to control the ball for the Bears, and New York, I don't know how they're gonna get on the board. New York's four and 11 against the spread. Chicago's five and 10 against the spread. 15 degree weather, snow, 14 to 16 mile an hour winds. I really do like the unders, and I'm interested in Michael's opinion in this. And one after I handicap the game, and it's outside, and these teams have inept defenses and offenses, then the last kicker is this, Michael. COVID can only help my under. It cannot advance <laughs> or contribute to an over. So that's how I look at this game, all about the under.
5: I think the unders a strong play here with Mike Lennon at quarterback. Unless he throws it to the other team, you've got a really good play. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Bears behind that offensive line. The Giants can rush the passer a little bit, but you got 14 degree weather going for you here. You got 13 mile an hour winds coming out of the north northwest. That's a lot of points, you know. And the unders at 37 and a half, and it's six six and a half points the spread. I mean, yeah, I know Chicago played well last week in kind of bad weather in Seattle with snow on the ground. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think the first team to 17 wins.
4: Gentlemen, we've got about 90 seconds to go. And, Lou, I wonder because that's my old neck of the woods there in Chicago, it's not that far to get to Lambeau Field there where the Vikings are going to be. And you like the under there as well at 47-and-a-half. I'm assuming weather plays into that factoring too.
7: Uh, weather outside division games, familiar opponents, seventeen degrees, fifteen to eighteen miles an hour, and Minnesota going outside. Uh, Minnesota twenty-second rush defense, Green Bay thirty-first rush defense. I think you're going to see a lot of ball control and a game that does not resemble their first game in any way, shape, or form.
4: Yeah, it feels like that. That would be the right side to be on, mm-hmm. right, Michael.
5: Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, look, you know, what cousins are we going to see? He's one for 10 last week on third down. If Mm -hmm. he does anything on third down with the three interceptions, Minnesota could cover that number or at least even give himself a chance to win.
4: All right, got about 30 seconds, Lou. Brown Steelers under 41. Again, I'm noticing a theme, and it's a good one here. Divisional rivals, outdoor cold weather, play the under.
7: It is, and it's contributed by the fact that if anybody pulls up with COVID, it only helps me. Again, a 7-8 and eight against the spread team in Cleveland, 7-7-1 seven, seven, in Pittsburgh, two inept teams going to play a low conservative game.
4: All right. Well, Lou Finnecaro, it is always a pleasure to have you on here on the Lombardi Line. There's a vicious rumor that you might be coming in studio next week. Can you confirm those rumors, sir? I,
7: I can confirm it. I just hope it doesn't hurt my ability to get on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou, we'll see, we'll you, next see you next week. Next week,
4: Lou. <laughs> right Thanks, Lou. Thanks, guys.
7: Good Thanks, luck, Lou. When we come
4: back, we'll talk the bigger playoff picture on the Lombardi line. It's in the Sports Betting Network.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss
6: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
3: podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development.
4: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VSTIN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy NBA action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code decent 200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or nevada dave ross alongside michael lombardi this is the lombardi line right here on Vison. and michael i want to kind of go broad stroke here and bigger picture if you will sir with the nfc as we look at the playoff picture here and seeing and again we had steve mackinan on in the first hour really trying to identify those teams that fit the criteria to make a late postseason run here and possibly get to the super bowl the packers right now we've talked about them here at 12-3, and three, and they, they've got the – obviously, they're the favorite to win against Minnesota on Sunday, and then they got Detroit one more time. You win out, you're going to be the number one seed. Uh, and, again, we talked to Scott Smith down there in Tampa Bay, who's basically said this year getting that number one seed might mean more than most years because there's no – it's just the one seed that's going to get that buy. Which team do you think it's the most important to to grab that number one seed in the NFC?
5: You know, I, I actually think it's Green Bay. I mean, because Green Bay, even though they have the greatest quarterback and the MVP of the league, I do think that they benefit from the weather there in Lambeau and that field. I mean, did you see last week how many guys were slipping and sliding mm-hmm. on that field? They know how to play on that field. That field is very – no one talks about it as much. You've got to wear the right spikes. You've got to wear the heavy cleats. Players don't like to do it. And weather's such a factor. And we know Rodgers can play in any weather. Right. You know, and so and the Packers can play. They can run the ball. Weather only helps their defense. It doesn't hurt their offense. So I, I really think Green Bay can benefit. I mean, Dallas to me. You know, we've seen this in the past. When they've had home field advantage, they lose a game they shouldn't lose to. And, you know, it kind of it gets mistakenly caught up in there. But I think the most important thing about home field is what does it do for you? You know, New England, if they were able to beat Buffalo last week and to be able to play in weather, they want weather. Now, they might get weather if they play Cincinnati. They may get weather if they play Buffalo, Baltimore again. I mean, Buffalo again. They, they, they thrive on weather. And teams that thrive on weather have, don't have a problem going on the road, and I think it helps Green Bay the most.
4: You know, I look at the Rams here, Michael, at 11-4, and four, and it, it, it feels like it's kind of below the radar because of Arizona's collapse, right? More people, I think – are focusing on what's happening in the West because of Arizona's demise after being 7-0 and not really looking at the ramps. Have they figured anything out? Is this a team that's mobile, that can go on the road and, and win a big playoff game? Or, or are they like, boy, we want that fast track at SoFi, and if we don't get it, it's going to be tough to win and, and get to the Super Bowl on the road?
5: No, I, I, think they, I think they went through the first part of the season, maybe three-quarters of the season, believing that Matthew Stafford could carry the team. And I think once they got on that losing streak and, and they lost a couple games that they probably feel like they should have won, I think Sean McVeigh had the realization of, you know what, I need to go back to using Jared Goff's offense mm. and letting Matthew Stafford shine in Jared Goff's offense. And that's what he's done. I mean, they have run the ball. The last four weeks on this win streak, they've run for 128, 89, 123, 159. They've balanced the game. The only game they didn't run the ball effectively in was Arizona, and they still were able to control that game. So they're able to to get back to what is Ram football, which is really good play action, which is outside, inside, tight zone, run the football, get some production out of the run game, and go from there and not always put the burden of responsibility on the quarterback. He'll highlight and make plays. But last week was phenomenal in the fact that they were able to come his three overcome his three turnovers and still cover that number it by winning by seven.
4: Yeah, it showed me a lot too that they were able to overcome a very unbalanced performance from the quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Okay, out of the non-division leaders right now as we enter week number seventeen, Michael, is there any team? That's you know either in the haunt or right now a wild card team that you actually think has a, a long shot chance if you want to take a flyer on a team that could make it all the way out of this conference is there a team that you might be able to identify or is it really just the big four
5: i I think it's the four I mean if, you know right now that Cardinals are a wild card I think San Francisco's problem with Garoppolo and his thumb that's going to be something we you know we didn't talk about it today, but right. you know when you have torn ligaments in your thumb I don't know you know what do we expect out of out out of uh Trey Lance, I mean, you know, coming into this situation. And then Philadelphia. I mean, Philly struggled with with the, the, the Washington football team in the first half two weeks ago when they had Garrett Gilbert in the game. Last week they struggled. It was 3-3 at halftime. They missed a field goal, and then they turned it on. But is Jalen Hurts really going to be able to throw the ball when it matters the most? Mm. Can they run the ball? Miles Sanders is out this week. Where is their help? This is the healthiest Eagles have been at the end of the year since, since they won the Super Bowl. But I don't see them having enough of what it takes to be a Super Bowl contender or a really good playoff team when you break it down. I mean, you know, they're 13th on Steve McAdams' list. Uh, with 15 points, well below most other teams. Yeah. Actually, they're, they're 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 12th on Steve McInnis' list, below a lot of teams. And so, I don't know how they do that. I mean, you know, they they, they only meet the criteria 15 out of 23 or 24. 25, I'm sorry, 15 out of
4: 25. Yeah, it's not good. I think you're right. It feels like the big four there, it's going to be running the gauntlet for those teams to get out of the NFC. When you flip the script and look at the AFC, it feels more wide open to me, Michael. And obviously, look, Kansas City's on this great run right now. We do know Buffalo getting that big win last week against New England maybe gets them back feeling good about themselves. Steve Macklin said, hey, the Bills in the AFC are one of those teams that fits the Super Bowl criteria. So when you look here, It gets a little bit more dicey because I think there's some teams we don't really trust. No disrespect to the Titans, but without Derrick Henry, maybe they get him back in the postseason here, Michael. Uh, You can see why the odds are plus 900, even though right now they could be holding on to the two seed in the AFC. How do you break down what you see in this conference?
5: I think it's anybody's guess, really. I think Kansas City's defense is really the strength. They're the most balanced team. They can move the ball, score, and they can play good defense. I mean, New England, two weeks ago, we were talking about them having home field advantage, and they they stubbed their toe. They still have a rookie quarterback, which makes them problematic. Indianapolis, the uncertainty of quarterback, the uncertainty with COVID, the injuries on their team, especially with Eric Fisher. I mean, Buffalo's in prime position right now. They're going to be able to win the East. They should be able to move up a little bit in terms of of the seeding of who they play. And weather is going to be in their favor. They're playing in a tough environment, you know. And if Miami's got to go into Buffalo in a playoff game, you know, you can forget about Miami in that one. I mean, Tua's ball is not going to be able to throw. He's not throwing that ball into any kind of wind. No. I mean, seriously, he's just not going to do it. You know, that ball hangs in the air as it is, let alone throw it into a, into a 15, 20-mile-an-hour wind that you would get to in Buffalo. Could You You know, so that's going to be a real issue. And, and I think New England's ready for any weather. Indy can play in any weather. Buffalo's trying to, even though last week it wasn't bad weather, but they managed the game. They still don't have a power run game. Since these offensive line limits them in weather, Tennessee, if they get Henry back, mm. the way they play defense – and the way they tackle on defense is really impressive. They're very good at tackling on defense, and they don't give yards after the catch.
4: This is why they're a tough matchup for Miami this week. You know, I look at the Ravens at 22-1, to Michael, and I go, boy, that, that does entice me, Lamar Jackson back at practice today. And then I just remember that defense. And without the corners, even if you get Lamar back, right, th- 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 this team can't make a deep run in the postseason the way they're playing defense right now, can they?
5: No, no, they can't. And, and look, Lamar wasn't playing good when he was healthy. I mean, Lamar wasn't playing good when he was healthy. And so, you know, we just don't think it's going to be a miracle to turn it on. Now, maybe he'll play better this week, but I think it's going to be really hard for them. I, I do. I just think, to me, they're just depleted. Their their roster is depleted. Mm-hmm. And frankly, Huntley played really well against Green Bay I and mean, gave him a chance to win. Gave him a ch- I mean, and to me, if Lamar's not 100% this week, I'm going with Huntley.
4: Yeah, I, I, I see that. Eight and three they were at one point, and now they've really hit the skids with injuries and COVID. Very quickly in the Colts, plus 800 right now to get out of this conference. But we the uncertainty right now with what's going on with with Carson Wentz and the, and the switching of the rules and regulations, and, that, and then all the injuries up front, Eric Fisher. What do you make of this team? Because I think a week ago everybody was buying in, and now a week later, like, not so fast.
5: I'm I'm going to hold judgment until I know what Fisher's injury is because I think that's really a problem for him. And also, where's Wentz? You know, is he is does he have symptoms? Is he going to be ten days out? Is he going to be is he going to miss time? I think it's just really concerning right now. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. As good as they played last week in Arizona, the uncertainty lingers for the Colts.
4: Yeah, and that's why, again, it's just tough. I like the number at plus 800. It feels like there's value, but the Titans at plus 900 without those uncertainties and the prospects of possibly getting Derrick Henry back... That might be the long shot in the AFC yep. to go down that route. No hey, ground. Michael, always enjoy it each and every Wednesday. I want to thank you. Thanks, Steve Mackinan. Thank Lou Finnecaro. And, of course, Scott Smith for joining us here on the Lombardi line. Uh, glad you had Thanks, a great Steve. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year. And I'll see you in 2022. Don't go anywhere. You, David. Yes, sir. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. We got you covered right here all afternoon long on and the Sports Betting Network.